Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with successful entrepreneur Adrian Moreno. He began his career in the health and fitness space while also gaining unparalleled experience with hypnosis and NLP, establishing himself as a respected transformation specialist through the power of hypnotherapy. Going against what his mentors taught, Adrian spent his marketing efforts pitching and getting booked on top podcasts and grew that hypnotherapy company to a quarter of a million dollars in only 12 months. Now he spends his time teaching other coaches, course creators, and content creators how to do the same exact thing. Enjoy this interview. It was a very productive day, so I'm enjoying it. Good. Well, let's keep the productivity going here. It's great to meet yes. you. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah, thanks for taking a minute out to talk with me on the show. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you reaching out and um, yeah, happy to do this for sure. Right on. So before we get into your life as a successful entrepreneur, you know, right now as we look at the calendar, it's March 14th. It probably brings back old memories of 2020. Oh, yeah. Man. So I'm curious, how did you survive that three-year time period, and how has it changed the way that you both live life and conduct business now? Yeah. So thankfully, I was one of those entrepreneurs who was already online when that happened, and um, specifically... It actually happened in, I guess what you can say is being in the right place at the right time in the right position because I was an online fitness coach. And this is when a lot of people were getting off, off, uh, I mean, they were being introduced to this online fitness coaching world. And for the first time, it wasn't the only, but it was an extremely viable option. And so I went heavier than ever than I can on marketing at that time period. Uh, meaning I just started getting on every single social platform that was around at the time and that was really popular and really putting the word out there like I never have before. And, um, yeah, just like when other companies were kind of dialing back their advertising, uh, I kind of just stepped on it and put it more and more and more, and that put me in a pretty nice position during that whole COVID time period. I um, personally didn't feel it financially um i got like a bit the better end of it i guess you could say and what that did for me was to really you know show me the reality that when an opportunity is in front of you the last thing you want to do is um you know dial it back and whenever things are going around you and they look like crap that is the perfect time to actually turn it into gold if you just have the right perspective in whatever time period, whatever resources you're in, you have at the time. And so I'll say that was just really, you know, how what I took from it. And um, that get up and that go uh, that I felt during that time is still something that I'm using today to, you know, take put me in the position that I'm in right now. And, uh, you know, of course, where I inevitably want to be. So let's kind of break down a little bit exactly what you do for a living on a daily basis. And I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders at a career day at an elementary school. And one of the kids looks up at you and asks, what do you do for a living? How do you answer them? In terms of what I do now, uh, I help people get seen by more people. I help people's companies get more eyeballs on them so they can make more money. So when you were in the third grade, when you were a kid, what was your dream growing up? What did you want to be? Oh, man, third grade, easy, NBA player. I was dead set on playing in the NBA. You, you seem like, you know, you're happy and successful with what you're doing. Are you, with, are you happy with how everything is right now? 
In terms of where I'm at in business and life at the age of 26, I would say I'm extremely happy with the way things are now. Uh, I never, ever considered myself an entrepreneur. I never thought I could be an entrepreneur. And ever since, you know, experiencing what it is to be an entrepreneur, um, it, it showed me that I'm not capable. I mean, it, it showed me and it broke the belief that I'm not capable of doing great things. And so starting a business broke that belief out of me, and it's done a lot for me at this position in my life. So, yeah, uh, things are going great, and um, I'm actually really happy the way things have turned out. By this age, I didn't think I would – I thought I'd still be just working a regular job. So in your life, and you're, you're obviously highly motivated, who has been a, a, a role model or a hero for you? Uh, a role model – I wouldn't say I had the role models in my immediate environment growing up because if I followed my older role models, I definitely wouldn't be an entrepreneur right now. Um, they were more, one was more a source of inspiration, and then we had an external role model. So the source of inspiration uh, was my grandmother. When she was on her deathbed, uh, I was two weeks uh, into full-time entrepreneurship, meaning just two weeks prior, I had quit my job. And I was in uh, full on um, in entrepreneurship and my grandma was, you know, she was hell bent on the fact that I was crazy for doing that. But she, when she was on her deathbed within the last couple of days of her life, um, you know, she told me, uh, Adrian, I know I said you were crazy for like not doing, I mean, for like quitting your job and doing this stuff. And I didn't think it was a smart move. But now that I'm dying, like, I actually want you to know that, uh, just do it. Like, just just don't go back to work if you don't want to. And whenever she said that, um, it became like a, I'm going to do this to show grandma that, like, I wasn't crazy. And, like, I want to show her that, you know, this thing paid off. And, like, that was kind of the fuel for me. And the outside role model was really this um, business owner, this entrepreneur named Jay Abraham. I uh, heard him on a podcast back, I don't know what podcast I heard him on, but I heard him on one back in 2019 or, yeah, 2019, and um, he said something during that podcast that uh, changed the way that I looked at business forever, and I started studying him um, like, you know, a Christian studies the Bible. I was reading everything that this guy put out, every single piece of content he created, and I started doing everything that he was telling me to do through that content. And that's been like kind of the, the success, successful person that I have modeled in a sense. So if you can meet anybody alive on the planet right now and spend some time with them, who would it be? Jay Abraham. It would be Jay Abraham. Easily. Cool. So, you know, Let's go back to your roots. Where were you born and raised, and how did some of these seeds get put in you to become who you are now? Yeah, so I was born and uh, raised still here in Austin, Texas. Um, uh, and, you know, uh, growing up, it was a – I had two siblings, and, you know, my parents, they weren't – like, put it this way. I had all the love that a kid could ask for from the immediate family – but we didn't have the financial resources. And the reason I say that is because I remember being six years old 
and my mom ordering me and my brother Happy Meals from McDonald's, and she didn't get anything. And I remember asking her one day, Mom, why didn't you order anything? And she looked at me and she said, well, I already uh, already ate uh, before I picked y'all up. I'm, I'm okay. And so me being little, I think that's true. We go home. I see her go straight to the kitchen and make her a ham and cheese sandwich. And in my mind, I it, something clicked. I was like, hold on. I thought you said that you didn't need food. So I remember sneaking into her purse that day to see if she had any money. And in her wallet, she had like four pennies. And that was a change she got back from the little $5 that she spent at McDonald's. So that was my mom's last $5. And in that moment is when I realized that we were financially broke. And whenever I was, again, remember, I was six years old. And this is when it hit me that like, oh, we don't have any money. And ever since then, I always had this, like this uh, anger, this frustration at people um, who seem to have everything. Not angry at them, but angry at the fact that I could, that I didn't have that um, easy accessibility in my life. And we always, you know, like eviction notices were the normal thing for us. And growing up, I just couldn't get the things that I asked for. And I remember. Uh, another instance at eight years old when my mom got her car repoed, I remember in that moment thinking, uh, like making an internal decision that one day I would be able to take care of every single one of my mom's bills and she would never have to like pay a single bill again. And I was about eight years old when I had made that decision. And I always had, and ever since then, like I always had this drive of, I am not going to die broke. You know, and um, and yes, a lot of what I do, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it, is because I am very focused on becoming absurdly wealthy in my lifetime. And uh, so this drive to be that wealthy and to create that came from never having, um, you know, anything growing up other than uh, the thing that really matters, which is the love. But, you know, a young also wonders why he can't get the shoes that his friends have and wonders why he can't wear the name brands that his friends wear. And that part of myself, um, instead of dwelling in it, I used it as more of a motivator, as, um, you know, to get me moving in the right direction. And that's why I've never been somebody who's considered lazy, you know, because I always felt like there's something to do and there's somewhere, there's a needle I can move right now. So you kind of already answered it, but, you know, every day we wake up, we have these motivating forces that get us through the day. What is the ultimate motivation for you to get through your said day? Yeah, so there's two things. Uh, the first thing is, you know, right now I definitely have, a, you know, like a woman in my life who's, uh, you know, very, the third most important woman in my life, which is like the, the you know, my spouse and my partner. Um, her and whenever we met, she had two kids and I have a future in my mind of, you know, uh, having two more with her and, um, my motivation, the, the thing that makes it really easy to do the boring work and to do the work consistently to become successful and do what I need to do is I see us having, I, I, it's, I see it, I have a big desire to take care of that woman and take care of all of her um, financially as well as my family. Like that, that you know, um, that traditional role of being the man who takes care of the entire family, that's something I hold near and dear to my heart. And, you know, I know that every single day, everything I do is going to put me in a position to where 
my children would never have to want for anything. And that means a lot to me. So that, um, you know, alone gives me a lot of influence and a lot of inspiration to move throughout the day and do the things I have to do every day, even when they get hard. And the second thing to answer that is I have a poster on my wall in my office, and it's right in front of my computer, and it says, you're going to die. And this poster is there to remind me that each and every day I am not guaranteed that day. You know, like each and every day. I know I'm 26 years old. But like the Buddha says, the problem is people think they have time. And because they think they have time, they delay doing the things that are going to get them where they want to be. And they think they're immortal. And so what I do is I like to visit the idea of death every day. Because if I'm aware, yes, I'm 26, but I'm aware that, you know, the universe may kick the bucket when I'm 90. Or even though that's 70 years from now, whatever, I know for a fact that that's still going to happen pretty dang quickly. Because, um, you know, death happens a lot faster than life. And um, since I'm aware that my time is finite and I'm consciously aware of that on a daily basis, I just, I just don't have the time to spend things doing things that don't matter to me. And I don't have the time to, oh, I don't feel like doing something, so I'm not going to do it. My time is very finite. Um, I know that when I die, the second, the second time I'm going to the, the we all die twice, you know, when your physical body dies and the second time when the last person mentions your name. And so uh, the, the, when somebody mentions my name last, it will be well after I'm dead. And so I'm also focused on making sure that last mention happens way after my death, which means I have to do things today that people aren't really willing to do. And so those are the two main things that really keep me moving every day. So when you get to the end of that proverbial day, how do you look back and quantify it and say that was a good day? Well, I basically, um, at, the, at the beginning of every morning, I have what I call my daily declaration. And my daily declaration is basically me saying exactly what I'm going to be throughout that day, right? And I will make decisions that grow myself personally, that strengthen my integrity. So I have this daily declaration I read. And at the end of the day, I face myself. And what I mean is, as I ask myself, did I do something to grow myself personally today? Did I do something that was in alignment or strengthened my integrity? Was I congruent with what I say, right, even if nobody's watching? Every day I read out my declarations, which are my value statements, which is what I what I like see as myself what I will be doing that day in terms of who I will be being that day. And then at the end of the day, and that takes me like, you know, 10 seconds, 20 seconds. And at the end of the day, I just go through that list and say, did I actually live this way? And it's a yes or a no. Yeah, and sit there and lie to myself and say yes, but uh, if I don't do something, but the problem is, is I'm lying to myself. And um, you can feel that when you lie to yourself, right? Your confidence dwindles. So at the end of the every day, it's kind of like I face myself. And hey, did I actually live these uh, values that I in these declarations that I said this morning? And so it was just a daily check checkpoint with myself. Some days uh, those answers say no. I strive every day for them to say yes. But you know, there's um, some days where I uh, may make a decision that's out of in that's out of integrity, and I'm like, hey, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I got to face that. So. 
when you're facing yourself every day, um, you know, wherever you go, there you are. It's hard to keep lying to yourself and spend time with yourself. And so um, it's my way for me to kind of hold myself accountable every day. And, um, yeah, that's, that's, I, I, that one, that's basically the way that I, I do it personally. So at this point in your life, with everything that you've done and accomplished, what are you the proudest of? I'm the proudest of the fact that I showed myself I can do this and I can do great things. And um, what I mean by that is in 2017, I lost 91 pounds. And up until that point, I was the most depressed, anxious, angry, sad person you can imagine. I had zero belief in myself. I was really scared of even going out there into the real world, getting a job, being somebody, in the, like being an active member of society. I was so scared of those things because I felt so incapable and losing 91 pounds broke that, you know, belief that I'm not capable of doing great things. And it was that belief that drove me in business. But I would say the thing that I'm the most proud of is proving to myself and giving myself the evidence they can do great things um, because it's the evidence uh, of what we say that holds the real weight. And so I would say that is because that belief has led me to do everything else. So that's a natural lead into my next question, which is, you know, everyone out there has a perception of you, your family, your friends, clients, colleagues, but ultimately you're in control of your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? I'm a committed, courageous, and honest man. And what I, uh, so to elaborate on that answer a bit, I have this personal contract with myself. It's uh, hanging around my neck right now. And it's three little plates. And on each plate, it says one word. One says committed, one says courageous, and one says honest. Um, and I know that I'm a, and that's who I am every single day. That's my contract. I'm a committed, courageous, and honest man. Committed because growing up, I can never uh, stick to something for longer than a week or two weeks. Anytime I try to pick up a new habit, anytime I try to um, follow any endeavor, I would just fall off the bandwagon. I would just fall off track and never get back on. So I'm committed because a committed individual doesn't fall off. They stay on and see it through the end. Confident growing up, I uh, was the most insecure kid because, um, you know, a couple of things, I was overweight. Uh, next thing was, you know, I couldn't say my R's or S's right. I had a speech impediment, so I sounded a lot, really funny when I talked. And so I wouldn't open up my mouth. I thought I was too different. I thought uh, I didn't fit in. I, w I couldn't be accepted because I was a little bit too different. And so I held myself back a lot. And so now I'm uh, a confident individual because a confident individual does not hold their mouth. They do not, uh, um, you know, um, let their insecurities make their decisions for them. And, you know, courageous because growing up, once again, uh, pretty, pretty related to that confidence thing. I didn't have the belief in myself. I didn't have the confidence in myself that I can actually accomplish things and do great things. And so with somebody who is courageous, uh, they may fear the fact that they can't be good enough and that they can't do something, but they embrace the fear and they hug on to it and they just do it anyway. And so since these are three things that I, three superpowers that I talk myself out of growing up, uh, every day I now talk myself into being those three things every day. So when you say who, who am I am today, it clearly comes down to those. I'm a committed, courageous, and honest man. So, Adrian, if anyone out there wants to learn more about you, anything revolving on your world, where's the best place for them to go? 
Yeah, for sure. So if you actually want to go to my blog, um, I write a lot about business and personal development. Uh, go to adriamoreno.co. You can join my email list where I will send you marketing secrets, uh, marketing ideas every single week. Once again, just go to adriamoreno.co. Um, and that'll be the best place to follow me there. Beautiful. Adrian, thank you for opening up, man. This has been wonderful. Best of luck with everything. You got a great Absolutely. story. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for this. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube, subscribe to us, and you can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Mm-hmm.